This is the Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie. This week on the podcast, we're talking with Teletext Records and Eldritch Abomination man Donna Shukru about the new label and its foundations.
Alone with Colours and Ghost King is Dead with Burnout. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday via redfm.ie as well as iTunes, Google Podcasts and other podcasting platforms. My name is Mike McGrath-Brien and for the next hour or so we're chatting with Teletext Records co-founder and Eldritch Abomination musician Donna Shukru. Donna. Hi Mike. How's it thanks, going, for, thanks for having me. Thanks Jeez, a million for things? coming along. Things are fantastic. Uh, speaking of things being fantastic... As this gets released, you're going to be tearing your hair out and worrying about Teletext Records showcase gig at the Kino on Washington Street. So if anybody's catching this slight bit early, get down and see Appenim, Deadbog and... Pretty Happy as well. Below um, at the Kino at 7 o'clock. Yeah, at 7 o'clock. We're doing it as a, an audio-visual gig, so we've got like a, um, a visual showcase to go with it. I don't know how uh, much I should even market it but yeah um we've we've been working on visuals to go with the songs and the cues of every song that we can show in conjunction with it really utilize the facilities the keynote if you're listening to this early via getting it in your apple or google podcast feed get down and check it out but that's been kind of the tip of the iceberg really for teletext records in general you've just released that um aponym record there last yeah week. that was that was a lot of fun um you, you've listened to it i assume because yeah. it's it's absolutely deadly um I remember hearing the first EP when they released it and just being absolutely blown away. Like, it, it is my favorite metal release ever before this. And I know that definitely sounds like I'm bigging up an act on the roster, but I was just, this was before I was mates with the guys and before we were invested in Appenim as a deity at all. And they were, just, I, don't, I don't know how they do it. Um, but yeah, with regards to like other stuff that we've got going on, we also released Rakaya's two-track kind of double single mm. earlier on in October. I think it's the 1st of October, which is 
lovely as well. I don't know if you've you've listened to that. It's like mad ambient vocal experimentation. I think I've heard stuff. one half of that double A side already. Yeah, it's it's fantastic stuff. And we had the the dead bog single, which was just before we launched, which is also a great vending machine. We'll get into upcoming releases as well as how the Teletext roster came together in a little while. But first, as is tradition on the show, a little bit of backstory. Yourself, you're from the North Kerry area. Yeah. A quiet hub of musical activity, to say the very least. Yeah. Before we get into how you came about, um, the community that led to Teletext Records, maybe fill us in a little bit on your musical upbringing. Um, uh, mu- music was was kind, kind of big in my family. Um, I don't want to say traditional music, but I have cousins that are very big into like more classical stuff. And everybody in my family would be a fan, but there aren't that many musicians. Um, I think the, the hotbed that I kind of got set up in was the, the youth centre in Tralee, the KDYS, and uh, the man, the myth, the legend that is John Boogie. If if you're from Tralee, you, you're definitely aware of him. Um, but he was just such a great starting point for so many people for music in Tralee. And the resources that were there, it was just kind of a youth centre where you showed up and if you were a band you said can we play a gig please you got given a gig you got given a platform you were you were walked through how everything worked and you just you, you learned so quickly through it and um, yeah he'd let you put on anything at all even if it was kind of question, questionable like uh, there was a few very dodgy punk bands that you definitely wouldn't book for any venue outside of <laughs> North Kerry uh, anytime, <laughs> anytime, anytime soon um but yeah, other other than that, um, there wasn't really a lot of alternative music in Kerry. It's not really known for it for a reason. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it was the KDYS and the center that was there that really set me onto it. And there was actually a few a few moshers that would also be like from farms and stuff like that. That was that wasn't unheard of. You mentioned that North Kerry isn't necessarily a musical haven. And yet there's been kind of mentions and kind of whispered utterances of uh, noise scene in North Kerry, especially in recent days, um, <laughs> emanating from a mysteriously packaged label, uh, referring to stuff as Dollar Pickle, where a lot of the artists therein are credited as being from North Kerry. To what do you credit this this unusual occurrence? I, I credit that to the, uh, the most mythical North Kerryer ever, Owen Murphy, who is a... Uh, Sadly, not living in North Kerry anymore. Uh, he's the, the purveyor of the label and, and has been for a while under the pseudonym Sexy Audible Chocolate. Um, and he's kind of the, the ringleader of the whole thing. This is all very questionable. <laughs> if I was to tell you that there was a noise scene in Kerry and you, you hadn't seen it firsthand, I mean, I'd understand why you'd think it was questionable, but it's absolutely blossoming. There's uh, countless, countless acts op- operating out of specifically Listole, Blennerville, Tarbert, Ballybunion, Ballyhoig, Liselton, Causeway. The general North Kerry area, there is a noise scene absolutely blossoming there. Ballyhoig is an unusual spot, all right, in that, you know, obviously it kind of has the features of being this abandoned seaside town nine months a year. Uh, but there's like a fully functioning venue in there, and like Ghost King is Dead has been down there and scenes. It's a PJ's, it was. Yeah, PJ Events, um, which um, is actually partially. Uh, probably shout out the other guys from from the label uh jj and danny jj's involved with pj events quite heavily and um yeah he's a a local musician as well and kind of a, a bit of a musical socialite 
Danny is also part of the label as well, and he's part of Dead Bog. Yeah, who's also part of this 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 noise scene that we've got going on as uh, as Blue Ghost. You've moved recently from Limerick to Cork, and for a time you took up residence in you took up residence in post rock slash math rock progressive entity aerialist um, and that played a fair few gigs within a couple of months kind of bring us into how aerialist came together what the common influences were and aerialist was kind of a, a source of frustration for um, for a lot of us as as happens with a lot of um, bands trying to get together into a room um, to just play music as a group of friends got exceedingly exceedingly difficult the older we got and um, the further away we got from the halcyon days of youth where we wanted to be a, a, <laughs> as close as you can get to a top 40 post-rock band with whatever delusions of grandeur that is um, but yeah it was it was just such it, it was cathartic music for four guys that really needed it at that time um, be it the, the trials of moving from college to the real world or a variety of a variety of other things um, I think what what brought us all together was that that or like desire for a catharsis, I guess. Um, not to sound, not to make it sound like we're four big sad men, um, but uh, yeah, the the influences, I guess, the the big ones were Mogwai, this patch of sky, and Cigarose, uh, um, and that came across that there was like the very fine balance, but it was there. Yeah, and that was like the few times I caught you live. There was a certain immediacy to it. There were that were people that kind of understood each other on stage and had yeah. put the the time and effort in, which is why it was a shame to see you go at the end of it. But without Aerialist, um, you wouldn't have been able to kind of progress on and put the foundations down for Teletext Records, which we'll talk about when we come back from some tunes. Uh, earlier on, we heard from Happy Alone and Ghost King is Dead. Uh, two bands that have really benefited from collectivization. Uh, but right now we got two bands from your own roster. We are talking about Appenim earlier and we got Here of Your Own Accord. Yeah, I kind of, I, I bigged up Appenim earlier and I don't really want to to toot the horn a bit too much, but the, this song, once it en- enters the last like two or three minutes, it just becomes so n- nonsensically, masterfully crafted um, that it's, it's just one of the most... Um, complete metal recordings I've heard not even by just a, an Irish act it's yeah it's just such so massive in scope it covers so much in such a, a short runtime. even though the runtime is like 7 minutes it's a tremendous track it's easily my favourite app in the tune and from progression to shoegaze you got Dead Bog with Vending Machine yeah this this uh, song took place so quickly it was uh, it was almost overnight the guys had this incredible incredible shoegaze song that um I remember watching a Kevin Shields interview where he's talking about the first time that My Bloody Valentine put together a recording and he was talking about the infinite landscape that it created and uh, that felt like such an intangible thing to me and then hearing the guys put it together in what felt like an afternoon was just... I, 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 I was shocked. I was, I was blown away and I'm so happy to have a band like that that I'm, I'm so close with. When we come back, we'll talk about how Teletex Records came together but first, this is Appenim with Here of Your Own Accord here on Red on Red.
Dead Bog with Vending Machine here on Red on Red. Of course, the shoegaze duo signed to Cork's own Teletext Records. And we're still joined here in studio by label co-founder, Donna Shukru. So before the jump, we were talking about your own musical background and kind of what led to the events leading to Teletext. And maybe in the middle of this year, the gears start turning among the four co-founders of the label as to what could be done what roles could it achieve so maybe take us a little bit through how it came together in the first place and how you settled on the current model so the the current model actually came about through a conversation that myself and Danny were having um, we were talking about Aerialist the band we were talking about earlier and um, we the, the exact phraseology that we used and it actually became a Google Doc that we started jotting ideas into uh, collaboratively was just titled Richter Collective 2.0 because it was such a massive influence on us you're not the first to... person to say that already would you believe really on this on this show um, I don't know was it on the air but it was off the air but I think the Richters like influential lads big time big time but um, yeah again they were such a massive influence on, on Aerialist I guess and um, yeah from there it kind of became whoa we need to take a step back there are people doing like club gigs way better than we'll be able to do them anytime soon what, how do we want this to manifest and uh, we just kind of looked at what we would want to see ourselves and what that was was stranger event based gigs uh, gigs in places that you wouldn't normally go to a gig like a warehouse or something like that yeah it's just uh, manifested into a, a load of different different ideas I know you said you were involved in the, the Camden Palace at one stage or another I, I lived in the area so yeah. I'd be in and out by a matter of course but that was that was actually a massive influence on me because I, I did I, I played there when I was when I was younger and it was um, just such a cool venue inside with the uh, the little theatre section it was like the square room down the back it would have been the uh, the family court the family years court years years ago yeah family yeah. law court um, it had that upstairs area as well that I was only telling somebody at work about recently it was like a gallery space with the glass roof yeah that's all gone now it's all been leveled, man. It's the encroachment of fucking gentrification. They said they were going to turn it into offices and it's just been laid waste. Yeah. The front of it has been kept. Um, I don't want to go on for too long about it because it's still a sore subject. And it's a sore subject for a lot of people because yeah. there were a lot of us involved with uh, the Camden Palace. Um, but you're right, there has been like a gap left for something like that in non-ordinary spaces in the city. Uh, collectives like yourselves, like Houseu, like Garden have really kind of have really seized kind of non-ordinary gigging spaces and made something out of it, whether it's a gaff party to launch a record yeah. or how, what the Garden lads have been doing with kind of multi-sensory experiences in different yeah. places around the city. I don't want to get too political about it, but there does seem to be an awful lot of red tape around it. Like, there are the symbolically uh, nice things that are being set by the Arts Council. Like, there's this terrific grant whereby if you... Like, okay, if you get the full remit of this this grant from the Arts Council, they'll cover 50% rent of a space that you're using for non-profit art events, mm -hmm. if you can get it. But once you kind of settle on the idea of Teletext, what it's going to do, what you want to set out and accomplish, um, the idea of design and branding for it, because, again, part of this whole thing of collectives and people putting forth distinct identities for their groups of people and what, they've, what they represent has been a big part of the conversation. Cutting Heads Collective... Yeah were kind of the first of the modern clutch of collectives to put together something that was congruous to how they saw a certain genre of hip-hop developing. 
you look at Haosu now as well and everything is super, super easy slick. to use. It's yeah. slick. Not, not only slick like in terms of social media, but look at their website and the UX behind it's, it is it's super pretty, easy. Yeah, yeah. So take us through how you... Obviously, with a name like Teletext, there was only one direction it was going to go. But by that same token, maybe take us through the whole retro, futuristic, deconstructivist um, aesthetic that you have. I guess the, the starting point for that is where we came up with the name from. Which uh, we, we we as a, a group, we had um, the, the the three of us anyway. We had a, a group chat going um, for from before this when like for messing related stuff, which was messing one of your band projects. Just to clarify, sorry, yeah, clarification needs to be needs to be made. Where we'll just we'll shout ideas at each other, um, and once a month I'll go through it and I'll just pick out ideas and put them into a Google Doc. And uh, one of the discussions was about Richter Collective 2.0 because we quite quickly realized that we couldn't call ourselves Richter 2.0. Um, so we just started throwing ideas at each other. And for, for a while, we were going to be called ROB Records after Ronnie O'Brien, the footballer. The, right. the, 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 um, I, I, I'm not going to go, go into I've had footballers turning up in a certain group chat recently. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, Ronnie O'Brien basically um, as a bit of a gag in the early 2000s was uh, voted for in a Time magazine list of the 100 most influential people of the 20th century and he was sitting third place above Kim Jong-un and below Albert Einstein um, just because of a a mass email sent around by a load of Irish people and they removed him um, or Time magazine removed him from the list because he was a Joe candidate. Yeah I think that quintessential Irishism is something that we really value and we so most of the time I think it's just really funny but um, yeah a, a friend of mine actually was the one that pointed it out to me recently did you know Airtel and like Teletext is still a thing if you go onto the RTE website yep. you can still type in the number code because you can look at it over in Serview do you not think there's something like it's, it's definitely not graceful graceful was the word that came into my head and I don't know why but something like really cute about Ireland needing to hold on to that even in an era where we've moved on and we've like we've got Google now you know I'll but tell no. you something we had Google 10 years ago and it was still there actually that was one thing that we were talking about doing for a while and we setting up a private teletext for like yeah setting up setting up our own Airtel page as a marketing stunt but um yeah like people don't don't have um antennas anymore that you can do that from Serview boxes uh, CFAX machines are really expensive now um unsurprisingly but they're what are they connected to you can't go out through anything I haven't I haven't a clue I think it's just for um like it's quite niche, you know. I think it's just for collectors or uh, like even digital artists. I know there's a Korean digital artist who actually had an installation that was just old English CFAX machines. Yeah, it was it was something quite quintessentially Irish, something a little bit left of centre that people might not think of. Something modern, digital, kind of influenced, I guess. Retro futurism. Retro futurist, I guess. The uh, internet before the internet. Um, so something to that effect, anyway. Um, and there is also an element of of trying to rethink how institutions that were. I'm getting really pretentious with this, but trying to rethink how certain institutions are run and how the value can still be found in them. One of the discussions that we're constantly having is the old mainstays of promoting a gig, like street teams. How we can digitize those? How we can find the equivalent of a street team now that we have the internet? Like, let's say if you're. Uh, Facebook event is the equivalent of your poster in the 1980s what would be your equivalent of the street team going around giving out flyers trying to figure out how to digitise that you know finding the value in things gone by you had quite an amount of work on your hands 
once the label had been announced because having put out a call for submissions for artists to get involved with the label, you were faced with quite an amount of submissions when all came to all, so much so that you've put together, I think you already have accepted maybe seven or eight in total. Okay, so we, we got, I don't know how many submissions we got. We have responded to all of them but one and part of this submission process is that we we give personalised feedback and we listen to everything that an artist sends us. This guy sent us a discography and albeit that is going to take a while to get through, we're going to listen to it all. We're going to give him per- like as much feedback as we can. Is his name Laurie Shaw? No, it's, it's not. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about Laurie Shaw though? Because I was yeah. showing my dad Black Vortex like a few days ago. Um, no, that wasn't a few days ago. That was two or three weeks ago mm. and uh, my, my dad enjoyed it so uh, Laurie also I was listening to him on Shuffle and Spotify recently in a supermarket and he was talking about seeing a girl that he liked in a supermarket and I saw him and I got too embarrassed to go up to him and tell him that it happened that's mental it was just serendipity that's the universality of his songwriting yeah. though by that same token but speaking yeah, to human experience terrific Laurie if, if by some chance you end up hearing this um Black Vortex can you start playing it live again what was that process like in terms of patience in terms of sitting down like what were you taking notes on what were you thinking of regarding what these lads were sending you so we um, we have quite a specific you can actually read it uh, criteria list um, it's linked to on both the submission forms the one on our Facebook and the one on our website and you can just read what, what we're going to adjudicate everything on and the big ones are the composition how left of centre is it um, the other ones is the the uh, status that they're at already we don't want to onboard anyone and then end up disappointing them because we can't provide for them because we don't have any ideas for that particular particular style of music or conversely that the expectation is just too high on, on three lads that you know also work to, to make a living you know mm. um, that like we are working on it mostly as a passion thing um, and we have we've had we've had I think five or six acts that we had to email them back and be like look nothing we can do for you you're already you've migrated beyond this you're doing this professionally there's, there's nothing we can do for you mm. and um, we didn't just we just didn't want to fall flat in our faces we didn't say no we're not going to to work with you at all it was more of a discussion on what is it you want from this you know Yeah. and uh, then the, the last one was just a passion like if we if we didn't have the passion to be putting into it then there's there's no point really us pursuing it you know yeah um, but yeah we got I think we got like 40 submissions in the first week mm. which was madness um, speaks it, to the variety of stuff that's out there yeah big in the big, big time we, we got all sorts of all sorts of stuff we got um, an ambient act we got a uh, black metal act we got a rapper got some folk singers which um, again our, our main thing is that we're trying to find left of centre music uh, this this whole idea was really bred out of knowing really creative people that didn't maybe didn't have the business acumen to pursue all of those really creative ideas or know what channels to follow to try and pursue those creative ideas um, and to try and just set them on a particular path that we, we, we're aware of and maybe put in a little bit of the legwork for them as well um, but yeah, that uh, that I guess we can't really mention the whole submissions thing without mentioning Sub Pop, really, because that was the the biggest influence from it. Um, and I've heard they can be quite scathing in how they uh, they approach things. Um, I suppose they've been held up as a standard for so long by 
um, by press and by independent media, etc., that they kind of have to be that way. Do they still respond to every submission? I don't know that they respond to every submission. Okay. I don't know that they kind of have to listen to it because that's kind of what they've built themselves on. They used to respond to every submission. And uh, oftentimes it was like really, really harsh things that were sent back in a letter to the bands, which kind of developed a little bit of notoriety. How did you settle on who to work with? The foundation of the label was the acts that we have right now. The We, we knew that these were the ones, the core group that we wanted. Thankfully, they all agreed to it, which was... Fantastic. The decision on working with the rest of the acts is still an ongoing process. The acts that we're looking to onboard, basically the process that we take it from after we decide whether they'll be a good fit or not is that we aspire to meet up with them and discuss ideas. And if we can come up with a list of a certain amount of decent ideas that we can pursue and come to a friendly agreement that, yes, we can provide for you, then it it pretty much becomes as close to an instant thing as possible we'll try and get a Facebook announcement on up the next day and start working on whatever plans they have when we come back we'll talk a little bit more about what Teletext sets out to do now as well as upcoming events but first we're going to go back to some tunes playing more music from the Teletext label we have Rakaya with Dwell yeah Rakaya is a sound artist based out of Limerick um, and I I had never heard music uh, like like this before um, she worked on an art project with my girlfriend Phoebe McDonough who's a, a sculptor um, the project was this um, it was essentially massive cubes of, of different materials placed inside a tray and they melted and that increased the water level in a tray that activated sound triggers that activated different parameters in music um, uh, based like launching Ableton clips and stuff and it was absolute madness and yeah I've just kind of been enthralled in, in everything she's been working on since and I'm, I'm absolutely delighted she's she's on the, the label Dwell and See are kind of explorations into to vocal sampling and vocal manipulation and the, the end effect is just so well and we got Chameleon Fields with Battalions yeah uh, Chameleon Fields played on um, one of the, the the last Aerialist gigs that myself and Danny did before uh, Aerialist stopped being a thing with um, Boko Tono we were on tour with them and Chameleon Fields were put on the bill by the promoters, which was Pyre Promotions. And um, we were really excited because we'd listened to the EP beforehand. And then they were doing their sound check and it, they just had the most monstrous stare crash that we'd ever heard. Um, and myself and Danny, every time it hit, we're just looking at each other, just going, please, can we can we try and get these guys on this idea that, of a label that we have in our head? Isn't it mad what kind of informs decisions? <laughs> Yeah, really just, uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, th- that's not to to lessen the uh, the effect of the rest of the band as well. I mean, the, the guitar, the st- not even the guitar, the string work on the bass and the guitar was, I, I, th- I thought it was like four or five people working on it, but it's all mostly just one bass track and one guitar track, and it just sounds so expansive. Um, I don't know how the guys can play it the way they do. We'll get straight into it. So this is Rakaya with Dwell here on Red on Red.
Chameleon Fields with Battalions here on Red on Red. Signed, of course, to Teletext Records. Still joining us here in studio is Teletext Records man, Donna Shukru. Before we went to the jump, we were talking about the process of how things come together, what the concept was for Teletext. Now that you've kind of arrived at square one from all of the discussions and putting things together, how does Teletext proceed at a time when Cork maybe has a lot of collectives looking after different genres or people working collectively? Maybe outline what Teletext sets out to do now and the ways and means that you see available to yourselves at the minute of accomplishing same. Well, the rest of 2018 from our launch up until... 2019 happens is planning for the new year uh, determining what it is we want to see from uh, 2019 almost the uh, the working mission statement that we have is build the plane while we fly it um part of That's such a math rock title <laughs> it, it is uh, yeah um part of what we're trying to imbue is this diy diy ethos almost uh, coming coming from limerick and watching the diy lk guys do what they do the way they do it it was so um, inspirational, and even like we were talking earlier about coming from coming from Kerry, like there was nobody in Kerry to put on things for your lo- for the locals. The only things that were being put on, like I'm, I'm painting Kerry out in a very negative light, because there was stuff happening. There was Shem Satira, there was uh, John's Church, but that wasn't stuff happening for locals. That was a, di- a different class, almost, you know, yeah. and. Um, the only no. way something could happen is if somebody offered up their, their, like a side of a bar or back garden or something like that where you could record or perform. It was the only way something could happen. And you arrive to a city and there are these structures in place already for things to happen, like your, your places like Fred's, that it does kind of remo- remove a little bit of value from it. You know, I don't want it to, to make it sound like I don't think these are good things because they're great. I go to them constantly. I love them. And I see so much value in them because I didn't have them growing up. That um, it's I, I we really just want to get this into people's heads that you don't have to wait for somebody to offer you something to be able to do it. Just just do it. Send send an email and just ask. Of course, your showcase gig happening this evening at the Kino is but one of many events kind of in the works for Teletext. What are your thoughts heading into this gig of all and kind of maybe talk about the importance of live events as a pillar of how a collective like this establishes itself locally? Heading into tonight, I'm, I'm extremely excited. Um, I get to see three bands that I'm, I'm also a fan of and I get to see them in a context that I, I don't usually get to see bands. I get to see them being accompanied by a, a cinema screen with visuals curated specifically for each song and that's just such an an interesting thing and that creates the value in me actually leaving the house to go see it you know Mm. um yeah it's easy to get kind of um sedated and almost uh disenfranchised when a lot of events are really really similar i guess i we, we really just want to give audiences what we feel they deserve for being good enough to go out and go to gigs and spend their hard-earned money to enter into a gig and give them something as special as like we we feel they deserve seeing events like this happen especially if it's people in the locality that you know can be hugely inspiring for people to pursue their own creative endeavors everybody has these ideas there's no elitism about it there's nothing spectacular about the people that have these ideas 
they just have a platform where they can pursue it. Everybody has these ideas and the more we can get people to pursue the, these ideas, the more we get people actually going out there and manifesting these ideas and... Um, you know, there's, there can be loads of social good from that as well. I'm not going to really get into the socioeconomic thing again and just getting getting people to, to get on board and get involved and create a community. All of the, the niceness that comes with it that far more intelligent people have put it in far more eloquent ways than I, I'll ever be able to. 2019, obviously, is going to be your first full year in business and you've already had your planning heads on. Aside from live gigs... Um, you're also going to be looking at a full slate of new releases. And among them is a band in Cork that we've heard from kind of in fits and starts over the course of the last year or so. The fantastically titled Gilbert or the loneliness, sorry, the Almost. unfathomable loneliness of the Deep Space Prospect. Perfect. Is that Perfect. it? Ten, st- ten, 10 stars out of five. Which is the 10 stars out of five band name in Cork history, I think, in this yeah, at this stage terrific. of the game. Um, for those of us that haven't seen them live because we don't have any music to play from them for reference material just yet I believe their debut EP is under production from Chris Summers I think it's going to be an album I think there's Ooh. I think there's like okay so Gilbert are honest to god one of my favourite bands and I don't know how much I'll get in trouble with them for divulging but there's a whole lore surrounding the band I'm not totally sure what the lore is but there's like backstories and stuff like that to different characters that they portray or sing songs about this album is going to delve into the lore and there's going to be like skits and stuff like that but like quite serious about the lore and um, yeah I'm, I'm so excited and their live show is just so chaotic like it's it's so early Fugazi mm. like jumping off walls and stuff like that you've seen them you know, you know how mad it is yeah really looking forward to seeing what happens there but what else have you got coming up then? Um, so they've got that EP slash album coming. Rikoya has an EP slash album coming out in the new year as well. And we're going to be putting on a showcase gig for that. Um, an Eldritch Abomination, as soon as the thumb is pulled out, will unleash the uh, the multimedia disaster. That's currently sitting on an Eldritch Abomination's laptop, waiting for completion. Um, which again is going to be a, a whole multimedia thing. With different facets, looking at social media and identity, identity politics, all that sort of stuff um, in loads of different ways. Uh, the Dead Bog EP will be out in 2019 as well. 2019 is looking like a very, very exciting year. When we come back, we'll continue talking about the immediate future for Teletext Records. But first, let's get back to some more tunes. Donna, you have Zola Days with Kay. Yeah, myself and Danny happened upon Zola Days. Um, I think it was the Nyler Nine Irish Songs You Need to Hear This Week list um, with Sunbleached and we were we were sitting in um, in JJ's front room while JJ was making himself a cup of tea and we just put it on on a Spotify thing in this really nice ambience where there was a fire going in the corner. We were both slumped in our chairs. There was a Spotify playlist going of Irish songs that we wanted to check out and it starts off with these really soft synths and then it comes in with these drums and we were just so blown away um, and then we started exploring Zola Days' social media and we realised that it was a kind of a character thing where he's playing three members of the band that are all supposed to be brothers it was this really really cool project but uh, K is his, is his new single which is a little bit more stripped back and a little bit more laid back but um, hopefully it's part of the 
the same project and I'm really excited to hear what comes from Zola Days everybody should should uh, check out his stuff you also have Cork Alt Rock Trio Pretty Happy with most recent single The Lover yeah Pretty Happy are playing at the uh, the gig tonight as well they're they're really good friends of ours and they're just such a fun live band and they're uh, they're such fun people to be around they're, they're an act I'd highly recommend going out and checking out live before you go and listen to their music on Spotify not to dispel you from listening to them on Spotify and definitely introducing yourself because they're they're just such enigmatic energetic fun people um, and they also just write really catchy songs really catchy choruses cool we'll get straight into it so this is Zola Days with K here on Red on Red <laughs> I'm floating through You're a subtle hint I need I'm hanging off the words That are falling out your face Can't feel my knees The other side
happy with the lover here on red on red before we wrap up this week's episode donna where can we find teletext records online regarding streaming services regarding social media the whole job we're 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 kind of everywhere we have a very active instagram and twitter page a um a more formally active facebook page and the most formally active is our website where you can find links to all of our roster acts you can find some um cute little easter eggs hidden around the place as well if you're you're up for going investigating we've got a blog that's semi-active that we're taking submissions for as well we're looking for for pros and reviews and stuff like that just to get up there just for our our, our own personal portfolios we've got um what else we've got a gig guide there for our roster acts we've got a, a new section which is a tweet length reviews where you just write a review of an act or an album or a song but you've only got a tweet worth of characters to actually that's 280 characters now as opposed to 160 no we're keeping it at 140 oh, okay. we're keeping it we're, we're kicking it old school it's um it's a little bit more funny when you have to constrain it a little bit but yeah you can find we have a, a roster page as well that's quite heavily curated where you can find out about all the bands and see what they're up to they have their own easter eggs hidden around the place as well you can listen to their music embedded on the website and everything www.teletextrecords.com our handle everywhere is teletextrecords all one word that's all for this week's episode of Red on Red Cork's new music podcast from redfm.ie thank you very much to Donna Shukru for joining us for this episode thanks very much for having me Mike it was absolutely lovely thanks a million for coming along and it's always good to chat boss thank you very much for listening and if you like what you're hearing please take the time to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and now Google Podcasts as well as other podcasting platforms please share this on your social media and make sure to check out the artists featured online or at an upcoming gig and if you'd like more Irish tunes please be sure to listen in to Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM 104 to 106 Donna you're leaving us with Glassy Overture and a single Canada. Yeah, the, the, there was. Um, I'm not going to get into to personal tales because that's silly and nobody wants to hear about those. But there was a whole debacle about Glassy Overture in like all of the group chats that we were in, and the uh, the semi meme became who is Glassy Overture, and I'm not going to say Glassy Overture's name on the uh, on the airwaves. But it, that EP, I was I was talking with with Glassy Overture earlier, and he wrote it over the course of like a week, which is just blew my mind um how how talented he is uh definitely go out and see him it it totally screams to 22 a million era bonnie Vare. so if that's your thing go go see go see him he's he's incredible we're gonna get a listen to that now this is glassy overture with canada this has been red on red and we'll talk to you next week
Red on Red. Different characters that they portray or sing songs about. As far as I'm aware, the idea is that they're a bar band talking about stories in a kind of, uh, almost as Luke Kelly was the Australian guy that nobody actually ever met and they just told stories about him in bars and he came with a bit of Ned Kelly. Um, (laughs) Luke Kelly (laughs) wandering around the gap shooting people. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long day, Mike. Yeah. Um, 